0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay. It's October, which of course is the spookiest month of the year, so it's time to talk about something spooky. Ooh. Today I'm actually taking a look at uh a mini series, I guess, or a limited series by really one of my favorite authors in general, one of my favorite comic authors. So back in uh 1993, DC decided to launch Vertigo. Vertigo, of course, was sort of like their, and still is really to this day, is their more sort of adult-themed or adult line of comics. Um, Neil Gaiman, who at that time was writing for DC, was writing uh, The Sandman, did this limited series about a character uh, within The Sandman series who's actually... Um, The older sister, yes, the older sister of the Sandman, uh, otherwise known as Dream, uh, and that would be Death. And this limited series was known as Death, the High Cost of Living. Uh, So like I said, this came out in 1993, Um, I believe around the springtime. I remember that because I was headed towards college graduation, um... I was actually off doing an internship and in another state. I had stumbled upon a comic store uh, at this time in 93. Uh, the comic bubble really uh, either had burst or it was really just about to burst. Uh, I really was kind of losing my interest in comics. I mean, I was kind of going through the motions and, and collecting and whatnot, and I saw the first issue of Death, the High Cost of Living, sitting there on the shelf, and I was just intrigued. I was intrigued because, I mean, it was written by Neil Gaiman, and like I said, Neil Gaiman at the time was writing uh, The Sandman, and I had read some, some of the, I had read The Sandman early on, I believe Sandman started back in 89, and I think Neil Gaiman wrote it all the way through to, I, I believe, about 96, uh, I'd have to check on that though, so I was intrigued uh i think i think what it was is, is i was really getting um i was really getting kind of just just tired of a lot of the superhero tropes and i just really felt that there was a couple of problems like i said uh there were there were um i don't really know really how to explain this i guess i guess i just felt that really aside from some titles like Sandman and and you know Hellblazer, Swamp Thing, things like that. I, I just felt I had grown up, but but comics really hadn't too much, and it was really just for me it was a lot of the same. Uh, around that time, I was heavily invested in in the X, you know, in the X's. You know, you had at that time X Men, Uncanny X Men, X Factor, X Force, uh, Generation X had come out. lot of X's and the thing is is I had still to this day I'm a fan of the X-Men but I I just felt that between that and between DC I don't know DC just not really maturing I guess just really kind of almost writing what I felt at that time to be like kiddie stories I just really felt like okay I'm getting ready to graduate college and you know this is yeah, maybe it's time to start to leave this stuff behind. I think, and like I said, I saw this. I saw this on the shelf, and um, I don't know. I was intrigued. I was Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, like I said, uh, writer of the Sandman, just an excellent author in general. I wouldn't. I would not label him a horror writer at all. I mean, he he writes. Very very interesting topics. Uh, yes, there are some horror themes in it. There are a lot of mythical themes in it. Some religious themes. He's just he's just a very quirky writer, I guess. And and even that word doesn't even really do it justice. But like I said, I um, I saw it. I picked it up. I read the first issue and loved it. Loved the writing, especially loved the art. And I want to give a shout out because I I. I really don't give a lot of shout outs to artists uh when when I talk comics, which is rare unless Diana is on. Um Chris Boccolo. Chris Boccolo did the art and his art style is just so unique. It's very sorta of trippy comic style. Um I mean it it almost looks like a lot of his artwork almost looks like if the book was done in the sixties, but not by like your sort of like standard, you know, publishing company. It's almost like, it's almost like a sixties underground comic and, and a lot of death, the high cost of living, despite the fact that it's really set in the present time, which would be, you know, 1993, there is kind of a sixties vibe to it in, in just the look and the feel and, and a lot of the characters, um, I mean, this was a really, really trippy book. I had never really read anything like it, and uh, I just found that you know I, I got to complete this series. Yeah, you know, so like I said, it was it was a it was a three issue run. It was a great run. Uh, you know, later on there would be you know there would be a couple other collections. Uh, Death time of your life and destiny a chronicle of deaths foretold but i mean this is the one that really really kicked it off this is this for me this this one is still the best so i'm gonna try to keep it light on spoilers if you haven't read it but if you have read it uh definitely definitely if you have it anywhere go back and read it um or, you know, go out and, and look for the uh, the graphic novel, you know, the uh, collection of it. Uh, you really, really won't be disappointed. Before I really get into it, uh, way back when, when Diana was, hmm, I'm going to say 13, 13, maybe 14 years old. She came to me and she's like, uh, I want to get into comic books. Where can I get started? And I gave her two collections. The first one was Kingdom Come. And I pretty much said to her, um, you know... If you really like Kingdom Come, I really think you're just going to love comic books in general. The second one I gave her because, you know, even even at that young age, for me, I, I felt it was a young age. Um, she was a very eclectic reader. I mean, she read a lot of different stuff. I gave her Death the High Cost of Living. I told her to read Kingdom Come first because I said, you know, really, I said, if you can get through Kingdom Come and you really, really enjoy it, you're gonna love comic books. You're gonna love heroes. You're gonna love all that stuff, but also knowing her taste in in writers, I gave her Neil Gaiman. Uh, I knew it wouldn't be over her head, and, and she absolutely loved it. So, what we get here is we get once every hundred years, death takes on the form of a human, so she can better appreciate the lives that she takes to really basically taste mortality. It really kind of gives her an appreciation for her job. Uh you know and that's really kind of the essence of Death the high cost of living. In it death is portrayed by a young girl, a young goth girl, eh, 16 17 years old we'll say by the name of Didi. Um you know we're introduced to her early on early on in that first issue because it really centers around a, a young boy uh about the same age, 16 years old perhaps, uh by the name of Sexton. Sexton is depressed uh, he is suicidal um, his mother is very very distant she's actually very very flighty uh, perhaps a hippie that just just never grew out of it um, and his his stepfather, his stepfather has something to do with the with the music industry, I believe, um, and he's also very, very distant. Uh, quite honestly, Sexton doesn't really feel any affection towards him, and and very little towards his mother. Um, the way he looks at it, he's really just an uninteresting, ordinary person who's really never done anything, and just really has nothing to look forward to in life. So he heads off to the junkyard. He's determined. He's going to kill himself, and what happens is, is you know, as he's kind of standing there, I, I think he's thinking of you know maybe the the, the compactor or, or something. Uh, He actually ends up slipping, falling, and getting a refrigerator trapped on top of him. Uh, Dee Dee happens to come along. She helps him up. She introduces herself and basically explains that, you know, yeah, my name is Dee Dee, but I'm Death. You know, the whole once every 100 years, Death takes the form of a human to really better appreciate her job. Sexton's like, this chick is crazy. And really what we get here is just the adventures of Death and Sexton. Um, like I said, she she takes the form of a human, really just just to appreciate our mortal existence. Because you know, in the end, you know she's the one that comes for us. Um, we do get a couple of side stories, and and you're really kind of intrigued by them because there's two characters. Uh, well, there's two characters. Uh, one of them is Mad Hedy, who is actually is a villain in the Sandman, uh, and another one is a, a being sort of taken taken the visage of an older man. Uh, it's actually very interesting the way Chris Bacalo draws him because you can tell he's an old man, but his features are almost his features are almost sort of like distorted, like out of focus. So we know he's definitely otherworldly and, and he's known as the Ermite. Uh, some speculation that the Ermite might actually be Mr. E from the Sandman series uh again if you read the Sandman you'll kind of know who I'm talking about especially with Mad Hetty. um you sort of think like wow there's going to be some tension and some drama there with them and eh, not really really the gist of this story is is like I said it's sort of like you know Dee, Dee and Sexton or Death and Sexton's big day out um really by hanging around with this girl Uh, who he is convinced at first is completely crazy. You know, she's just some delusional girl. Uh, actually, shortly after, um, shortly after she rescues him from the junkyard, uh, they meet They meet her neighbor, uh, who's this um, African-American woman who kind of runs the fruit stand outside the building where Dee Dee lives. Uh, I do not remember the character's name. I do apologize. But she pretty much informs Sexton that not too long ago, Dee Dee's parents died uh, pretty horrific deaths. And she kind of basically tells Sexton that, yeah, she's never really dealt with it very well. And, you know... We just kind of let Dee Dee be Dee Dee, like this whole, her whole persona. Uh, you know, so right away, Sexton's sort of like, uh, okay, I gotcha. You're not death. I mean, this lady just told me your backstory. And she's like, look, I can't just suddenly appear one day out of, the, out of the blue and, you know, just be some rando person walking around. You know, it's sort of like the magic of this whole experience is the fact that, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm basically placed and all these people subconscious as this girl Dee Dee with this whole backstory you just gotta accept it dude uh you know he pretty much dismisses her as crazy Mad Hetty shows up pretty much takes Sext- Sexton hostage and basically tasks Death with retrieving her heart she's like I hid my heart years ago and uh I want you to retrieve it for me Death is like yeah sure no problem so they let Sexton go and pretty much Sexton and Death, Dee Dee pretty much set out to find uh, Mad Hedy's heart. We run into the ermite along the way. He wants to steal her ankh because Dee Dee, death, pretty much takes the visage of a goth girl. Uh, Shaggy black hair, the classic goth makeup, uh, black tank top, jeans, boots, and she wears an ankh. And when they travel around, she wears a pretty funky-looking top hat, too. Uh, he wants her onk. He believes that the onk is the source of her power. Uh, he tasks one of his little minions, who's like this real dirtbag kid that goes to school with Sexton, um, to steal it. Uh, he ends up stealing it. He thinks he's going to have the power. The ermite kills him, steals the ankh, uh kind of traps Sexton and Dee Dee, but she's deaf. You know, nothing's going to happen to her. And she's with Sexton, so, you know, she doesn't really, as she tries to explain to Sexton, she doesn't really engineer people's deaths. She's just there at the end. Um, And, like I said, the more he hangs out with her, you know, it's a whole, really, I guess, as the reader, we're kind of Sexton. Uh, you know, is this girl just crazy? Is she really death? You know, and these kind of side stories and subplots really kind of go to the side. And really what we get is we see death really appreciating what it is to be a human. And as she's doing that and Sexton joins her on this mission, he starts to kind of realize that, you know, his whole outlook on, on life, you know, being depressed and being suicidal. You know he starts to appreciate life, you know, and it's it's really kind of unique, or really kind of fascinating that you know he sort of wanted to meet you know by committing suicide, he wanted to meet death, well, he has met death, and by meeting death he now appreciates life even more uh you know they have a series of adventures uh sex and meet some interesting people it's a great read guys uh, like I said if you've never read it I mean it's, it's in paperback it's a trade paperback three issues this is a quick read you could really breeze through it very very quickly and you'll really enjoy it and like I said Neil Gaiman's writing is really really spot on because this isn't really the first appearance of death like she does show up and is kind of referenced in the Sandman so if you read the Sandman seeing Dee Dee death it's not too much of a shock for you and you kind of know something about the character and they introduce that whole concept in the sandman of you know once every hundred years death takes the form of a human um if you had never read it before and you're just picking it up you're more in line with sexton you know is this just some crazy goth chick is she really death because she doesn't really display any powers or anything like that but um. There's a scene where her and Sexton are with somebody who dies. And she's sort of like, well, yeah, here I am for him in the end. You know, and Sexton's kind of like, huh. Um, like I said, I mean, this is really the Sexton and Dee, Dee show, the Sexton and Death show. And, you know, Neil Gaiman just being a master storyteller, you know, really showing us that... This boy who really thought he had nothing to live for meets death and realizes there's a lot to live for. Um, the New Gods, written by Neil Gaiman, it's a series on stars, I believe. Uh, Dee Dee does make an appearance actually in that. Um, you know, she kind of she kind of shows up there. Um, they don't really, you know. She looks her name is Dee Dee. She looks like Dee Dee from the comics. They don't specifically specifically come out and say that she is Death. But there you go. It's a reference and it's it's there in the American Gods. Like I said, after this, you know, there were a couple other Sandman spin-offs. Uh, death Time of Your Life, which is also a very good read. And Destiny, the Chronicle of Deaths Foretold. Which I'd say added to the three is probably the weakest of the three, but still a very, very good read. Um, really, ever since this this series came out, uh, there were talks of turning it into a movie. Uh, you know, but that's really all it is—is just really talks. I actually would love to see it as an animated feature with Chris Bacalo really kind of returning and, and just with that very unique style of his, um, because you know if you if you ever read a comic that Chris Baccalo has animated his animation or or his art I should say is actually very almost sort of animated uh you know they're static pictures yet they convey a lot of movement in them even in even in pictures of you know that really aren't quote unquote action shots uh you know there's scenes in this uh in death high cost of living where um death and sexton go to a club and you know they're standing talking and you just see a group of people in the back but yet with chris baccalo's art style you almost get that sense of movement that, that that it's like it's 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 like a kinetic crowd going on Behind them. Um, when you see people smoking and you see the wisps of smoke coming out of the cigarette or, or when they're blowing it out, again, it's a static picture, yet it just conveys such movement in it. And I think if he were to animate it uh, and, and just make this like uh, not an animated series, but an animated movie or, or an animated short, I, I really think it would go over really, really well. Guys, thanks for listening. Like I said, you know, head on down to your local comic shop, uh, you know, right here in milltown new jersey uh close to where i live there's main street comics and i could tell you for a fact because that's where i picked it up for diana uh they do have copies of death to high cost of living so if you hadn't read it uh i like i said i gave a general overview of the story check it out i really think you'll like it if you're a fan of neil gaiman's writing but never knew or read any of his comic book work this is a pretty good one to start off with. Hopefully it'll get you, get you interested in reading his, his, uh, Sandman series because that is an excellent series as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Head on over to Instagram. Uh, stuff you don't need to know podcast is there. Uh, I post pictures about the stuff I talk about. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're getting close to Halloween, so the episodes might get spookier and spookier. This is Jay and I'll talk to you guys later.